this is blonde haired girl on this podcast i really want to talk about sports <laughs> i want to talk about sports i want to talk specifically about soccer because that happens to be the sport that my child uh took to um i had no idea I was going to grow up and become a soccer mom. I didn't. I I actually loved sports when I was a kid, but my mother, um, bless her heart, I, I love my mother very, very much. I want to say this, but she would not let me do sports because I was a violinist and she did not want to risk me breaking a finger. <laughs> so I was not allowed to play sports. She has finally come around um, after many years. She she seems um, fairly excited about my son's soccer now. Um, I remember uh, he played in uh, he played uh, he's played um, baseball a little bit. His dad made him play baseball, <laughs> little league. Um, he was forced to play baseball, and he was in this. Uh, in this tournament, and they went and they won. It was like the cool, the coolest thing ever. Um, and I was telling my mom, my mom, isn't it so cool? Your grandson, you know, yada 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 about his soccer. My mother was like, "Well, you know, I'm not really into sports uh, uh, anyway." Um, but now she's like, "Hmm, what's going on with all this?" So. So my child has has been playing soccer. Um I think it's been about 10 years. Uh 9 or 10 years that he's been playing soccer. He he started on on a team, on a regular rec team. Then he went to a traveling all-star team and then he went to club soccer. So by the time he was um had been playing the third year of soccer, he was in club soccer. So he did two years in a certain club soccer, and that was a really, really tight team. But we ended up defecting. I called it defecting. We defected to a different club team, and it was the best thing that we ever did for my child. Uh What I started to notice with the team that he was on, that there was a lack of distrust on the the part of the team with my player and like they never gave him throw-ins and they he didn't get the ball as much as he should have like he 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 got like a quite a bit of play time but it was really kind of strange how it was going down um and so we defected and he did all the (laughs) throw-ins and and he he got to be a really good soccer player. So in middle school, he um he his last his last year of middle school and in the town I live in, they go to middle school for 3 years. So they do 6th, 7th and 8th and then high school. And so for 3 years he was on the soccer team and they had to settle 3 years in a row with going to the championship game and having to live with second place three years in a row it was it was really heartbreaking I'll never forget that game where he 
you know, um, and I allow my child to have his feelings about things. I think it's totally fine for him to cry. I don't want them to have too much emotion on when they're on the field, though. Like, because they don't have time for it. Uh, but anyway, but when he gets off the field, he's, he can shed all the tears he wants. So um, then he's been in high school and, and I taught, I did a YouTube on this. And this is what I want to say. That it really bothers me how submissive, like not submissive, but yeah, submissive people are. Of young people's feelings about these things. Oh, well, it's just high school soccer. It's the Super Bowl for them. It's not just high school soccer, people. These kids have been practicing every week of their life. I know a number of the children on that field. I know their parents. Any of you all who have taken place in sports, note you sort of become this soccer group, this soccer family. You you become a family. And and I and and these children are kind of all in some ways you're you're like auntie to all these children. They're like all our kids, frankly. And it's a big deal. This was a big deal. So two years ago, my son's soccer team went to state. They went all the way to the state championship. And we had, and so I went to the game. I went to the state champion game and I was, you know, and I'm pretty loud at games in a very positive way. I, I do not yell bad things. I don't. I am very, very careful with my my language, because I, I don't want them to hear any negativity from me, ever. And so I'm sitting on the sidelines, and I'm yelling. It was so funny at that game, because honestly, the principal of the school, the Vince principal and vice principal of the school were there, and they were looking up at me, and I didn't care. I had this great beaming smile, and I was so incredibly happy to be there, and I wanted them to win so bad, and they lost, okay? They lost the championship. Um, somebody, the booster club or whatever, had rented a bus to take them, and these boys got in the bus and just sobbed the heartbreak the heartbreak of these boys and you can't ever get that moment back you can't redo it a lot of these players are seniors they're not coming back this this is the last time they're in high school and so so the importance of you know and then there's like people who are who are just, you know, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you lose, it's how you play the game. I mean, all this stuff, you know, like that they're just supposed to um, just be okay with it. And I, I don't understand where people are coming from because I really felt the sadness. So here we are again. Oh, and and let me share some other, other things. So there, so 
on their club team, my for three years in a row, the this club team would host a tournament. They would host a tournament in at the beginning week of April every single year. And and my um so there was this one year and I just want to talk about this. So typically in a tournament weekend players play four soccer games. It's really intense. So they they play a morning game, an evening game, a morning game and then like a championship game. So so the boys get out there and they are beating this team four to like one. And then in like the last, like the tides just turn and this team comes back and beats our players. This was the first game. My son is just like on, on the ground. He is just so upset and he's crying. A lot of the players are crying. It's not just my child. A lot of these players are like crying. They're really upset. And and so they go out the next day. They beat the first team. They beat the second team. So they've played, by now, they've played three games. And they have to play the first team again in the championship. So I've shared with y'all before and 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 of course there's truth to it to it whether we believe something or not but when we are watching sports it is as if we are playing the sport because our brain doesn't know the difference and so i have to tell you i go through all of these emotions myself i go through a lot of emotions myself about um about soccer and my child and the amount of of effort that I know goes in for these boys so I was extremely nervous about this game and damned if they didn't go out and beat that team they did it and they won the tournament and I was thinking about that in that particular case, it was kind of a cool thing because they, because it was sort of, I don't know, it was just the coolest thing for them to come back from that loss and win the tournament. So here we are, um, and they, okay, so, but last year, my child, like, categorically told me, I don't want to play soccer anymore, mom. I'm not feeling it. I just don't want to do it. And he's a senior in high school. He's getting ready to graduate from high school in May. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I do? Because honestly, in this child's life, I have very, very, I have let him have a whole lot of control over his life. And his decisions. Um, For better or worse. Like some parents aren't into that. But that's just the way I've been. And I have to tell you. My children have excelled. And have gone beyond. Any expectation I've ever had of them. My biggest expectation for my children. Is for them to be happy. 
which I know is a departure from the general public. Um, but that doesn't matter to me. This is the way that I am. I'm more important, it's more important to me to my, for my child to be happy than anything else. So he comes to me with this, his level of happiness with soccer is very minimal and he wants to quit soccer. And I just, I thought about it and I said, no. I said, you cannot quit this year. You have to play this year. And he was pretty mad at me um, when he was going to, to, to everything. Like he was just kind of, you know, oh my God, my mother made me do that. I mean, he was really pretty upset. And then the soccer season came around and he started to get this taste because another thing about my child is he, I think he likes competition. He actually likes to compete. He prefers to win, but he's okay, like, for loss. I mean, not that he's not going to get sad, um, but he prefers to win like everybody else. But my son likes to compete. Not everybody likes to compete. And so and so he he's sort of like that. So he starts to get this bug. Well, they are undefeated. So... This this year, these players are just so... And we've got some juniors on the team, and they are so good. They they are so good. Oh, my gosh. These players are amazing. And so as the season has got on, my child has excelled beyond, like, I comprehension. I don't even know how to say this. But he has this determination that I have never seen in him. He wants this so bad. And I want this for him so bad. So bad. So I was telling y'all, or it was either a YouTube or, or a podcast, I cannot remember. But so there was this one game this season that they played where it was one to zero, like, through three quarters of the game, it was one to zero. So we were down and, and we scored in the last two seconds. Yes, you're hearing me correctly. The last two seconds of the game to tie it. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my God. Anyway, and then it goes into two overtimes. We score in the first 10 minute overtime and then we held them the second we beat them two to one okay so so we so we um had it had lined up that the, that a team had beat that team okay and so we were supposed to play this other team but what ended up happening was, this is quite unbelievable to me, but they got disqualified. The team that we were supposed to play tomorrow got disqualified. And so now we have to play that team that we beat in the last, tied up in the last two seconds of the game. Now, what I observed in that, in that game was that we were a better team. And what my son was really ups- 
it's actually I don't think I'm getting games confused. We were a definitely a better team. But something was happening during because anybody who plays or knows about sports, it is in the head. Everything is in the head. It's in the thinking. It's in the momentum of our thoughts. It just is. So tomorrow is a big game. <laughs> the other thing that is happening in my neck of the woods <laughs> that I think is so funny is that it's been snowing. So tomorrow, yours truly has to take a plastic shovel and go over and help shovel the field at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm honestly incredibly nervous and, and, and I'm upset at myself because I don't want to have any, I don't want to have any doubt that they can win because I know they can win. I absolutely know they can win. But I'm having this this energy about it where I'm so nervous. And I'll feel better once the game starts. But honestly, when I when I would watch my son play sometimes, I had it drove me to drink. I would have to go like not a lot of alcohol, but I would have to have a little bit of alcohol and um to help my nerves because I was just a wreck. Um, of worry. I just, because I want this for them so badly. So tomorrow is, is the second game in like the finals. They have four games in the finals and tomorrow is the second of four. And then if they win that one, they have a game on Tuesday. And if they win the next one, they have a game on Saturday. And just letting y'all in on a little bit of a tidbit about, about, I'm, I'm so excited. So next, um, this week, my new floors are going in. So on Sunday, I have to take all the knickknacks off everything in my living room. I, I need to move all my plants. Um, I got a little bit of work to do. He just said, the guy said, just take all the knickknacks off everything. I don't have a lot, honestly, of, 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 like things like that. Um, but I have enough that it's going to take me just a minute. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to take me a little bit to like carefully place everything. I was thinking maybe I would wrap some things, you know, like I, I've got things that are, that sit out that are very, very meaningful to me. Um, I have this like plate that my son made at school and it, it says like, it says, love you mom or something. And I have, like, I have these little knickknacks. I have pictures of my children and I like sitting. Um, and then it's, it's so weird. I, so years ago I had the opportunity to take a Mediterranean cruise. Like I have had the most amazing life. I just have to say that. And and we went to Tunisia. Uh, so 
I, and I remember my son who was now turning 18, I was, was two at the time. <laughs> and we're going to Tunisia and we're going to get off the boat. And I'm really nervous about him a little bit because I had not had all of his vaccinations. I'm getting back to the vaccination thing. And it's very, very hot right now. It's a very, very hot topic. Um, it isn't as bad, in my opinion, as 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 it had been. However, I heard this um, TikTok about... Um, Israel. This guy, and it's like, do you know what's happening in Israel? And in Israel, some really awful things are happening with this vaccination where, you know, and and there's talk, like even in the U.S., of people who are not vaccinated having to do something, like having to wear some kind of identification that they are not vaccinated. This is all speculation, but here but over there I guess something's really going on regarding this but I I had had um and I and I have shared this before but I really want to share it just a little bit again my children had really really weird experiences with vaccinations my my oldest child had the chicken pox and the chicken pox booster and still got chicken pox. And people like to tell me, oh, he got a better case of them. And I, I get so upset about when they say that to me. Because that is not true. They were not standing in front of my child. They don't know what they're talking about. And it's also this idea of deflecting away from the CDC, away from the vaccine manufacturers, that this is not foolproof. To say, oh, well, you got a better batch of the vaccine or bad batch, or they didn't handle it correctly because I guess it has to be stored at a certain temperature. Oh, your kid just got the bad batch. Oh, well, great. Great. And and what people don't know is that you cannot sue a vaccine, vaccine company. If your loved one dies, if your loved one is neurologically changed from that vaccine, you cannot sue. I just, I just want people to be aware of these things, um, before they just go hop and spread up their sleeve to have this shot. So that along with other things, and I was very concerned, and here was the other thing. And the other thing that I've actually been thinking about, birth as a business. Like birth as a legitimate business. The medical community has hijacked birth. So my third child was born at home. I did not want doctors messing with him. I had a child who had something neurological. 
My oldest child is in the autism spectrum. I'm not going to say it was totally vaccines. I'm not going to say it was totally his birth. I'm not going to say that it's not um, genetic. I, I can say it may be a third of all of those. It may be none of those. I don't know why my child is, is autistic. But I'm not ruling out any of those. And so I was very careful. I did not want anybody messing with, vaccinating, doing anything with this baby. So I had him at home. So I was very, very careful with this child. So we go to Tunisia and I'm just like, oh my God, did they, you know, do they have polio? Polio was the one thing that I was the most worried about. So... So we go to, to Tunisia and I tell tell my then husband, I'm like, you need to carry him the whole time. You are not allowed to let him out of the backpack. Like, and he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, no, you're like, listen to me. You do not let that child walk anywhere. He is not allowed out of the backpack. And he's like, oh, oh okay. So we go to this place that, it was really, really odd for me. I, I want to share a little bit of this. Um, so, um, I had, I had come from like Tuscany <laughs> and Italy, which is like, oh my God, you know, like the architecture, the terracotta roofs, the richness of everything, their wine, their, oh my God, that place is just dripping with like voluptuousness as in Italy. And then I'm in, I'm in this very, very different culture. It's just very different than anything I'd ever experienced before. But one of the hard things about being there was being at a market there and not having any idea the value of anything okay like 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 usually if I go to a market anywhere in the U.S. like I kind of have an idea how much a scarf should cost you know what I mean like when I go to the farmer's market I I buy a a lot of like say lotion I I have a, a good idea how much the lotion should cost that lotion should not cost $30 $30 for an eight ounce um, tub. And it depends on the lotion because I do buy these ones that are $25, but I, I kind of know what I'm buying. Okay. So I have this really good idea about the worth of things here. But when I was in Tunisia and we were at this market, I had no idea. So we, <laughs> so my then husband is like buying stuff at exorbitant prices. Like he bought my daughter this um this like it was like this beaded like headdress and I think he spent like eighty dollars for it. And I'm looking at him and I'm like <laughs> and I'm like oh my god like <laughs> Because it looked like something, honestly, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, but it did not look like, it looked like something that had been manufactured in, like, China. And it didn't look like, it wasn't like this handmade thing, like, that it should cost, like, but anyway, 
The other thing that we ended up buying were these camels. <laughs> so my husband at the time had bought these like these camels like I don't even know what like skin is on them like they're really little they're like you know it may be like nine inches tall and it's like this camel um and I'm telling you this really 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 long story but it was just the weirdest thing and that camel sits on a shelf and I see it every day of my life and it reminds me of (laughs) this trip to Tanisha, <laughs> where we got taken for all we were worth. It was just so funny. And then, like, the language barrier. Oh, my God. We had, like, this huge language barrier. And you could barter with them, of course. But then, like, without the language barrier and everything else, it's sort of like, you know, that term, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Like, But, you know, in my mind, in Tunisia, you... You know, you can't say, I could, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I can be a little bit, I, (laughs) so I had gone to Europe, God, I'm sharing you all these stories, and then I'm going to stop this podcast, because I have to go back to sleep, because I have a game to go to tomorrow, so I got to be wide-eyed, um, so my, I had gone to Europe when I was young. So I was I was like 23 years old and I I go with my two friends, my two my two friends that are actually Jewish. And and I I had like $2000 in cash. I didn't have any credit cards. I had a I had my um a Eurorail pass that we had bought and one suitcase that was a carry-on and um my passport and i had bought this um this pack that went on my body that i wore inside my clothes because i had heard that there were people that would just snatch your stuff so i don't even know if i had a purse <laughs> okay so i was like really young um and we we went to all these different places. Um we we were in Germany for quite a few days. We were there for 3 weeks. So we go to Germany, we go to um uh Sweden. Uh well, we were in England. Uh no, we were not in England. I had not been to England to this point. Then we were in um uh Anyway, I can't remember, but we end up in Rome. So, so they had read in like a, a, you know, one of those Trafalgar kind of catalogs or whatever, you know, that you're not supposed to, when you get to a place, you are not supposed to go with these people to go check out their room. Like explicitly it said that. So we get off, we get off a sub, like a sub a train station and we're sitting in a train station in, in Rome and my friends immediately take off because this guy walks up and says, come look at my place. I'm like, you guys do exactly what they say not to. So they left me behind with the luggage. So I'm sitting in a train station with his luggage. <laughs> 
So I'm just sitting there and I'm fine. Except you have to understand, like when I was young, I was I was pretty, and I had hair, blonde hair, down to my rear end. Okay, so I'm like young, pretty. I'm just like this little thing. Anyway, so um. So I'm waiting. So the guy comes back, and so we end up following him, and he. And he housed us, so we're in this one room, and I typically slept on the floor, because my friends were twins, and so I'm sleeping on the floor, and, um, but anyway, I found, honestly, at the time, of all the places that we had gone, that Rome was, like, incredibly barbaric. I, I just, it was, like, the weirdest thing, like, the, the culturally, like, like the Germans are like incredibly like um stoic. They're they're very very uh they're very educated too. Like a lot of them knew English cuz I did not know German. Um but they they were just very very stoic people. And um and the people in Rome were just different. Like the subways were different. The streets were different. It was just a completely different culture. So, um, so we're in this subway and this guy like grabs, basically grabs my lady parts. Obviously without my permission. Like just like grabs me like right. And at this point the um the doors to the uh um subway like open and I step off and I turn around and I glare at every man in there. I was so mad. I was so angry that some guy would actually do that to me. I mean, I was just, I, I just can't, I could not even believe that that had happened. Um, but um, there was some reason why I was telling you all this story. And now I can't, we ended up, <laughs> it had something to do with what? Oh my God. But anyway. I can't, I cannot even remember the point of me telling you this story. Uh, but the guy, the guy, the actual guy that we were staying with was kind of like the godfather. And it was like, um, it was, it was so funny because he gave us some, some money because we didn't have any like Italian money. We didn't have any, so we couldn't pay him yet, but he, (laughs) Anyway, so there was some reason why I was trying to tell you this story, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, at this point, I'm going to go. So I will give you all an update on how this game goes. I am I'm incredibly excited about my son playing soccer tomorrow, and I may have to take a shot of Jaeger before I go. I'm just saying um, so that I'm not because I'm a little bit on pins and needles. I'm because as these games are going up, it's going to be even the pressure is going to be even more. 
Um, so if you could all please send this team the best wishes. I really, really want this for them. They deserve it. They deserve to take the state title this year. They deserve it. Categorically deserve this. Uh, anyway, I appreciate y'all listening and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.